0: Good morning, Mercy Road. It is Palm Sunday. So stoked to be with you guys this morning uh, for a very celebratory uh, gathering in our homes. And so I hope you're cozied up with those that you love, uh, wherever you're at at home. I hope you've had a great week. Uh, We made it through another week, and uh, we're going to make it through this. And it's just a joy to be with you guys today on Palm Sunday. And I tell you what we could use today on Palm Sunday is a parade, right? We, We can't do parades right now, but a parade would be really, really killer if we could have one right now and the cool part Jesus has provided as he always does and we can at least jump into the parade that was the triumph entry which was the Palm Sunday story so we're gonna jump into it uh, let's jump we're gonna be the book of Mark a little bit this morning and um, if you have your Bible or your uh, your phone or other device you can check it out but I believe the, the scripture will also show up on the screen so let's jump into Mark chapter 11 where we get the story of this great parade Okay. It says, as they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage in Bethany at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and just as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever written. Untie it and bring it here. And if anyone asks you, Why are you doing this? say, The Lord needs it. And we'll send it back here shortly. I don't know if you should try that this week, you know, with uh, food, toilet paper. I I don't think that it works in this situation. Uh, Don't go into your local Kroger and just take things and say the Lord needs it. It's not advisable. Uh, But it worked for Jesus in this story. Uh, So then he goes on, he says this. They went outside. They found a colt in the street, and they uh, tied at a dory. And as they untied it, some people standing there asked, What are you doing untying the colt? And they answered, As Jesus had told them, and the people let them go. When they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks over it, he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road, while others spread branches they had cut in the fields. Those who went ahead and those who followed shouted, Hosanna! Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. And Jesus entered Jerusalem and went to the temple courts. He looked around at everything, but since it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the 12. Can you imagine how fun this parade would have been for the disciples? Like... They had left everything to follow Jesus. He's doing miracles, all the teaching, and now they're coming back in Jerusalem, and they throw a parade for them. I would have loved to have been in the parade. I just, I don't know. I, I'm probably wrong, but I just imagine like the twelve disciples, like they're just kind of cruising with Jesus, and everybody's got the palm branches and Hosanna, right? And then and the disciples are just back behind him, like just pointing and waving. You know what I mean? Like, hey, it's it's us, right? We're here. You're welcome, right? Like this is great moment. That man, guys, isn't it amazing? amazing? that we're following Jesus because everything is sweet like we everybody loves us everybody loves us this morning it's so great to be in a parade I don't know if they had candy I didn't do a lot of study this week about you know first century candy I like to believe maybe they were throwing candies to kids or something it was a great time and there's those moments I think that I really like when following Jesus includes uh parade type like fun stuff And sometimes that's true, Uh, other times not so much. And right now we find ourselves in a a kind of a non-parade season. Where following Jesus has become uh, not maybe as fun. It's taken uh, a lot of, it's taking a lot of faith. It's taking a lot of resolve for us. And the good news that I wanna share with you guys today is that what starts as an amazing parade for the disciples, uh, very quickly it turns. And it brings them to probably one of the most crucial points of their needing to, their needing to trust Jesus. And that's what we're going to look at as we go on for the rest of the morning. Because, uh, I mean, as you get in the scripture, it's just cool, right? Like they walk in and, and one of the cool things about Jesus coming in on the donkey, he's actually fulfilling a prophecy many, 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 many hundreds of years prior to this in Zechariah 19, that it says this, Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Shout, daughter Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you, righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. And so in this moment, Jesus is fulfilling the past. He's bringing prophecies to bear in this moment. And he knows exactly what is happening, even though, as you'll see in just a minute, the disciples don't. As the book of Luke records this in chapter 19, it's interesting because some of the Pharisees in the crowd, they yelled to Jesus, teacher, rebuke your disciples. And Jesus says, I tell you, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. Um, I love these moments uh, in just how Jesus is in absolute control of what goes on. But then things start to get a little bit weird for the disciples In verse 41, it pops up and Jesus says, it says that as he, speaking of Jesus, approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it. And he said, if you, even you had known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. The days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you. And encircle you and hem you in on every side. They will dash you to the ground, you and the children within your walls. They will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. And I'm wondering if the disciples who had just experienced this fun parade, everybody's Jesus, Hosanna, woo, and the palm branches and everything that we associate with, with Palm Sunday, all of a sudden, just shortly after this, they're like, hey, Jesus, like, why, why are you crying, bro? Like, what? what seems to be the issue? Like we were just, everybody was so stoked about us showing up and there was the parade. And did you see the cloaks and the donkey? And like, why are you crying? And what they're soon to find out is that Jesus was moving with a sense of passion and a sense of compassion of the mission that God had given him to fulfill. And it was in this moment that he wasn't overwhelmed or, or, or distracted by the fame and the popularity of people's opinions. He wasn't scared or overwhelmed by the, the current situation that faced him. And he wasn't even distracted or scared of the future. And here's the reason. And I'm going to say this quote a couple times today uh, because the, the Holy Spirit kind of gave it to me as I was prepping uh, this week for this, this, this sermon. And here was the thought that came to me. Is that in this moment of, of, of confusion, this moment of of passion, this moment of chaos in some ways that was about to happen, because like, this is bringing in the beginning of Holy Week. And so this is Palm Sunday, but, but by Friday, and we'll, we'll, we'll look through this as we walk through the events of this week, Jesus is going to be betrayed. He's going to be beaten. He's going to be crucified. and He's going to die. And with all this happening, you see Jesus in such a, a place of, of, of peace, such a place of control, of this moment. And here's why it's because Jesus was in the past. Jesus was in control of the present and Jesus was about to create the future. Let me say it again. In this moment that we're going to walk through in Palm Sunday, Jesus was in the past. Jesus was in control of the present and Jesus was about to create the future. And here's the deal. If, if we lose the online feed and, and you're gone this morning or you get distracted by your kids, I want you to hear me right now. On this Palm Sunday, we're in the same exact situation that they were. Is that in this moment where we're not sure exactly what God is is doing with this COVID-19 thing, we're not exactly sure where we are as a country. Maybe as a family, you're very concerned about what's going on. Here's what I want you to know. Is that we serve a God who was in the past. What I mean is that he is eternal. Everything that has happened since the beginning of time, Jesus was there. Jesus has been there for every epidemic. Jesus has been there for every war. Jesus has been there in all things that have, that have brought scarcity, that would have brought fear, that have brought panic into the human condition. Jesus has been there. We know that the word of God tells us that, that Jesus, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit were together in the beginning creating this earth. They were together creating humanity. So from the beginning of time, Jesus was there. He's already been there. So anything that can happen in our current time, nothing can fluster Jesus as we follow him, because he was already there. He can step into this moment and say, you know what, guys? Yeah, I, I know. I've, I've been in situations like this before. Not only that, but, but here's the good news, is that Jesus, in this story as we continue to go, he was in control of the present. Not only was he in the past, he was in control of the present. We see that he doesn't get flustered he moves with compassion. We see him in this moment that he's weeping over, over what's about to happen. And in these moments with him, I want you to know that we, can, we have the compassion and the comfort of Jesus. He's not reacting out of fear or because he was in the past. He gets in and he was in control and he's in control of the present. And he's in control of the present with compassion with what we're going through. And as we end the talk today, I'm going to talk about the fact that in this moment, Jesus was about to create the future. And the same is true today. If you got to sign off here in a minute, I just want you to know if you're scared, if you're fearful, if you're looking for something to say to, to to your children, to your parents, to yourself this week, remember this, Jesus was in the past. Jesus was in control of this moment. And Jesus was always and is still creating the future. But what's the agenda? What's the agenda for Jesus in this? Because the story goes on and they wake up the next morning. And, uh, if things were weird after the parade and Jesus crying, things got really weird in the morning because it says in the morning on reaching Jerusalem, Jesus entered the temple courts and he began driving out those who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves and would not allow anyone to carry merchandise through the temple courts. Have you guys ever seen the moments, have you ever seen anybody play like the slap game with somebody like when they have like a, maybe it's like a, they're like at school perhaps, maybe you did this to your buddies in high school, college, where somebody's walking with a tray of food and your buddy just comes and smacks the food out of their hand and it spills everywhere. It's not very kind, but it is fun to watch if it's not your food or your tray. But I mean, just get this moment Like Jesus puts together, there's other passages that talked about that he basically put together a a cord, uh, a whip, right, with with, uh, like leather strips together. So he's like become Indiana Jones in this moment and he's whipping the animals and driving them out of the temple. He's knocking things out of people's hands and you're like, things have gotten amped up. I mean, think about if you're one of the disciples. Yes, last night or yesterday we had a parade hosanna we had the palm branches the cloaks the donkey then jesus is crying now we're whipping animals we're flipping over tables like jesus what is even happening in this moment and i want us to put ourselves in the story because sometimes we read the bible and it's like oh yeah it's the bible story but think about if this is you You've been following this guy, Jesus, and you think he's probably the son of God, but you're not sure what's happening. And now you're in Jerusalem. People are already mad at you. And now Jesus is absolutely causing an unbelievable upheaval in the temple. You gotta be thinking, Jesus, I don't know if this is gonna end well for us. This is not gonna be good for you. People aren't gonna like what's happening. I'm not sure why you're chasing everybody out of this situation. It seems like you're causing some panic here, Jesus. What they didn't know is that Jesus was in the past. He knew what was happening in this moment. He was in control of it. And he was just about to create the future. You see, the fact that Jesus was in the past, he knew all the rules and all the regulations and and God's heart for the Israelite people and what they were to be and what that temple was to be about. And so looking at this understand Jesus walks in, right? Well, first, let me get back to the scripture, right? Is He's not allowing anyone to carry the merchandise to the temple courts. And in in verse 17, he says this. And as he taught them, he said, Is it not written, my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have made it a den of robbers. The chief priests and the teachers of the law heard this and began looking for a way to kill him. They feared him because the whole crowd was amazed at his teaching. See, what Jesus is doing here is the agenda in this moment for Jesus is the same exact agenda that he has for us today. Is what Jesus is doing as he's coming into the temple and driving out all the distractions, he's driving out the animals, he's driving out the people who are making it a show of money and and of greed. And he's saying, what I know is that this place, the house of God was to be a place, a house of prayer. This was to be a place, right, for the whole world a house of prayer for all nations and when I put this whole thing in motion with Israel when I created this you were to be a light to all nations you were to live in such a way where people had no th- nothing that would get in the way of them understand there was a God that loved them that was there for them that wanted to redeem them and so God's Jesus' agenda in this moment is the same that it is today the same that it's always been it's to remove every obstacle preventing people from knowing the love of his father that's it Jesus wasn't overcome with anger and just a fit of rage. This was was a a righteous indignation that the purposes of God, because he knew it, because he was in the past and he was in control of this moment, was that these people needed to know the heart of God. And all of the distractions that the religious system had brought into place in the temple at this time was preventing people from knowing the heart of God. And guys, I I don't claim to know what God's doing in our world right now, I don't. Um, I've thought about it. I've prayed about it the past couple of weeks. Um, and I tell you what, I, I haven't got a, some like revelation word from God this morning about what God is doing and, and why he's allowing what's happening. Um, what I've realized in my own life, I'm just going to be honest with you, is that I've spent more time being, um, I've spent more time being mad and kind of sad and irritated the past couple of weeks. And, um, and man, I, I wish I was more spiritual than that. And um, I think what God is showing me is I think that God is, is gently but very providentially removing every distraction and hindrance in my life between me and, and him. And I tell you, when I can sense myself getting mad, I, uh, I honestly feel like like a little kid when their dad takes away a toy. Or if you're a dad, I, I got three kids, is, is I know there's been times raising my boys where, where they would grab something that could be harmful to them. Maybe they would try to grab a knife or a wrench or or whatever it is. Or when the little kids, I mean, you've ever gone to dinner with a child and if they're close enough, they just start grabbing everything off the freaking table. You know what I mean? Napkins, plates, glasses, knives, whatever. I mean, we're talking about like, you know, a little kid, 18 months, two years old. And in those moments, you take that knife away from your kid as they grab it off the table and they throw a fit. But what they don't know is that this is something that can harm. This is something that could actually damage their future, actually hurt them in the present. And what I am coming to understand is, I think what God is doing is, He's, he's gently, as a great dad would do, he's, he's removing things that could damage us. He's removing things that have been distracting us. And His heart isn't like a vindictive, mean killjoy. It's the same thing in this is a lot of people misunderstood what he was doing, but he was fighting for the heart of God that, that was for the beginning of time, that every hindrance and every distraction would be removed from people understanding the heart of the father. And what I hope maybe I can do this week is I hope I can embrace this current moment and trust God better than I've been trusting him and go, you know what, God, you, you were in the past. There's nothing surprising you. And um, and you're in control of this moment. And you know exactly what you're doing. And your agenda in this moment is the same agenda you've always had, is to reconcile and redeem the world back to yourself and to remove every distraction. And maybe that's where you're at this morning too. And say, God, I don't get it, but I need to find where... There are distractions where there are hindrances and begin to move into a deeper relationship with you. Because here's what I think what Jesus knows is Jesus knows that he's that good. He knows that the only thing you really need to satisfy your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength is a growing, loving connection to him. It's no question for him. Sometimes it's a question for me is, is, is God that good? There's my phone. Is, is God that good? Can I trust him with everything? Do I need all the distractions in my life? And some of them are good. Some of them are great. Some of them are a lot of fun. But I know that I don't know that, that he's really all I need. Jesus knows. He, he knows because he, he he's been in the past and he's in control of this current situation. And he knows how good he is and what we truly need. And if we can begin to trust him, if we can begin to lean into that, I think we're going to walk into a lot more peace. But it might get a little more weird. (laughs) Because this week did for the uh, disciples, didn't it? Is this moment was weird where the agenda for Jesus was clearing out the temple, setting up this understanding that there's a new sacrificial system. It's not going to be about animals. It's going to be about me. I'm going to be the ultimate sacrifice. And we'll talk about that on Good Friday. We'll talk about that on Easter Sunday coming up on Sunday Sunday. But for the disciples, it went from confusing and a little bit unsettling. Jesus, we've never seen you this fired up. I mean, the whip and the tables and then the things and and now this is over and here we are sitting like we don't know where what what Jesus. And then it and then it got worse because they went through Holy Week. Then they then they saw him betrayed and then, then they saw him arrested. And then they saw all of them desert him. And then they watched him be beat and crucified and died. And and, and if if this moment, right after the triumphal entry, was confusing for the disciples, I can imagine where they were at on Friday. And um, I don't know where we'll be on Friday either. But here's what I do know. The same thing is true in this story is the same thing that's true this morning for us. Is that Jesus, he was in the past and Jesus was in control of that moment and Jesus was about to create the future and he's doing the same thing this morning. Because see, as you go on with the story, what's interesting to me is is as Jesus came into the city there, right, for the parade that they're, they're, they're crying out. It was normal as they came to like victory parades with kings and stuff, as they would, they would say, Hosanna, which means saves, right? And, and then they would, and, and in this moment, they're quoting Psalm 118, which is an Old Testament passage. They're saying, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, which is great. And people remembered that scripture. And they knew this was a moment where we, we, we for, for coming in and when there's the Passover parade, this is happening and we're saying, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We're quoting chapter one, at you know, 118 in Psalms and it's great. But the thing is, what's very, very interesting is that most of them didn't realize that they, they stopped one verse too early. You see, because the next verse in Psalm 118 says this, with balls in hand, Join the festival procession up to the horns of the altar. Or it can be translated this as well, this way. Bind the festival sacrifice with ropes and take it to the horns of the altar. Now, I know that that doesn't probably rhyme quite as good. Maybe it's a, it's more difficult to like yell out during a prayer like, Hosanna, blessing who comes in the name of the Lord. And what's the next verse, guys? And bind the festival sacrifice with ropes and take it. to Not as fun, kind of weird. They didn't, they, they omitted that line. <laughs> but what they didn't know is that Jesus, he was in the past and, and he was in control of the moment. And he was about to create the future because he was fulfilling this ancient prophecy about himself in that moment. Is that this triumphal entry wasn't just a parade. It was a fulfillment of scripture that in this moment, Jesus was the festival sacrifice. He was the Passover lamb. And he was bound by the balls of love and the agenda to remove everything every distraction and everything that separates people from the heart of his father. And he was dedicated to that mission that day, the same way he is with you today. And I hope that gives you encouragement that in this moment of confusion, in this moment of not being sure what was happening, Jesus knew exactly what was happening. Jesus knew that, 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 the worst thing they had ever seen was about to happen on Friday. But because of that Friday, he was creating a future in which no one would ever have to be separated from God ever again. That in the most dark and the most confusing, and the most difficult times of their life, that God would be there. That there was nothing ever that you go through that God hasn't already been through. There's nothing that you're in right now that God's not in control of. And there's nothing in the future that God is not going to be by your side creating the future of what God is doing i want you to know that friend but you got to walk in faith to get there because if we go back to the story we know that the the rest of this week got really crazy for the disciples and on friday they probably thought this was a huge mistake following jesus but sunday morning things changed Sunday morning things changed because Jesus was resurrected. We'll celebrate this next week. And then he invited them to join him in creating a future of faith and hope and love that now has come all the way to you. So here's what I can tell you, my friend. I don't know what happens next week. I don't know what where the world is going. I don't know where our country is going. I don't know where your neighborhood is going once this whole COVID 19 thing is over. But here's what I absolutely know that God has already been there, that God is in the control of this moment, and God will walk us into creating a future that that he is in control of because he is the almighty God and no virus or no government or no anything can take away his power. So we walk with the God that was there, that is there and will be there. And that is the courage. That is the hope. That is the peace that I want us to know today. So we're going to wrap up. A band's going to come. And I just want to read to you the entirety of Psalm 118 this morning as, um, as it ends with this passage, um, I wanted to encourage you. I wanted to inspire you this morning. But I want you to hear the psalmist, how, how much is written in this passage that speaks to the faithfulness and the love and the compassion of God. Psalm 118. Maybe together as a family, maybe just let this be a prayer, a moment where you focus together and allow this this scripture to bring your attention to this God that you can trust. Psalm 118. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Let Israel say, his love endures forever. Let the house of Aaron say, his love endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord say, his love endures forever. When hard pressed, I cried to the Lord and he brought me into a spacious place. The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? The Lord is with me. He is my helper. I look in triumph on my enemies. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in humans. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. All the nations surrounded me, but in the name of the Lord, I cut them down. The Lord's right hand is lifted high, the Lord's right hand has done mighty things. I will not die, but live and will proclaim what the Lord has done. The Lord has chastened me severely, but he has not given me over to death. Open for me the gates of the righteous, and I will enter and give thanks to the Lord. This gate this is the gate of the Lord through which the righteous may enter. I will give thanks I will give you thanks for you answered me. You have become my salvation. The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The Lord has done this and it is marvelous in our eyes. The Lord has done this in this this very day. Let us rejoice and be glad. Lord, save us. Lord, grant us success. And blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. From the house of the Lord, we bless you. The Lord is God, and he has made his light shine on us with balls in his hand, join in the festival procession up to the horns of the altar. You are my God, and I will praise you. You are my God, and I will exalt you. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. He is the God that was the past he is the god that was in control of that moment and he is the god that was about to create the future the same is true for you for me for us he's been there he's control in control of this moment and he's about to create the future a future that continues to allow people to find redemption reconciliation faith hope love peace the presence of his father